We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. This is, of course, the Gilcast. We are recording it on Monday morning this week, so we'll actually get a look at some of the salaries at the end. You also might be listening to this on the Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy Football feed. And uh, if you were tuning in, hoping that we did not play the most duplicated lineup in the history of DraftKings Cash Games, you're wrong. Um, I think guys first time in the history of the show we all three played the same lineup i i don't i mean maybe it's happened before but i don't remember i don't remember all three of us playing the same team before i, I i'm pretty I, sure it's first i don't think it's happened yeah i don't think it's happened um yeah it was i mean first off let's let's talk about what led to this most dupe lineup right because i felt like all week cash was really up in the air we had so many injuries and so much stuff that was that was really uncertain I thought it was actually kind of strange that everything fell onto like that it, one that it fell in, in such a way. So, so what yeah. happened was Dearness Johnson and Mark Ingram became stone locks. Devonte Adams became a stone lock on Friday. Once we realized that Aaron Rodgers was, was good to go, was cleared to play. Um, then Ben Roethlisberger, I don't remember if it was Saturday night or Friday night, he got placed on the COVID list. 
So then there was one clear cheap defense with the Detroit Lions. I mean, people liked the Titans, people liked the Eagles, like there was a little bit of variation there. Uh, but but once it became clear that Mason Rudolph was going to start, then it became the Lions. Um, then we had, I, I actually think the Evans thing was kind of interesting, where had Bruce Arians on Tuesday said Godwin's going to play for sure. I actually think Evans would not have been quite so steamy, but people just got it in their heads that he was going to be the only guy. Um, and then, you know, there was a little bit of conversation like, oh, Dan Arnold or Dallas Goddard or whatever. But basically all the pieces just fit. And if you did not play this team, uh, the team was Dak Prescott, Dearness Johnson, Mark Ingram, Devonta Adams, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Dan Arnold, James Connor, and the Lions defense. I've never seen this before, but in the massive $50 double up, all nine of those plays were the nine most owned plays. Um, and and uh, someone tweeted at me that in the uh, $5 single entry double up, which is the largest one that they do, 7% of the entries were this exact team. That's insane. It's so insane. It's so insane. And, you know, if you're not part of the secret DFS chat where the entire community is is in one Discord channel uh, printing out one lineup, uh, you know, you missed out. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, uh, the weird ahead, thing, Nate. I think the weird thing is there actually were a lot of like in-play running backs. Um, it wasn't and, one of those And wide receivers where, too. Yeah, I think it was... It just happened to be the way that salary and construction worked that you just ended on this team. Like it wasn't that James Conner was like that much of a better play than Najee Harris, or it wasn't that, or, or Jonathan Taylor, even or Jonathan Taylor. It wasn't that, um, you know, Cooper was that it, it just, or like defense wasn't that much clearer than it just ended up. Like if you build through the right player, like this is the optimal way. And so, um, yeah, it was just a weird week because I can't remember this much overlap, but also this much playable plays that I wouldn't have like been mad at. Yeah, well, let's Correct. I mean let's let, let's let's not bury the lead here. So this lineup I think was clearly correct uh, mathematically when you looked at projections. So, I think so. I I did I did want to touch on the projections for for a second. Yeah. So this that. this this lineup was the blitz optimal. Yeah. This lineup was the ETR optimal. Yep. And uh, those are the only, you know, and then the daily road projections. However, our projections actually had CD ahead of Keenan, which would have, you know, obviously that pretty, pretty big. So I mean, mentally, Keenan, mentally, mentally strong projections. And I, and I want to talk more about this for head deads later. Cause I was kind of talking about it with Cardi earlier, but I, I generally will just run the aggregate projections. So I, I, I combine all three of those and then run them. And that moved Keenan like 0.2 ahead or whatever. But we, I, I, and I said this on Sunday morning too. I don't think that I have ever had Cardi message me the same lineup as everyone else. Cause normally Cardi will have something in the blitz that is different than what everyone else is doing because Cardi uses different inputs than everyone else. You know, he has, or, or not different inputs. He has more inputs than everyone yeah, else. He has, he has, he has a couple guys in the dome that he's just like, yeah, we got it. We got to get yes. him in the dome. <laughs> right. Which, but which even, but even, that, yeah, which but even he didn't play CD CD. wasn't in. Yeah. Right. So I was just like, this just has to be the team. There's just no other team to play other yeah. than this. C- CD didn't rank, rank super well in my stuff. Either. I, like, and I know my numbers are very different because I use uh, area. I use a lot of different volume metrics than most, but um, 
Yeah, I, 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 I thought this was just so clearly the team. And it was, I can't remember being that confident. I mean, at 11 o'clock, I think it texted It was like an somewhere. hour before. Yeah. It was like, guys, I feel good. I'm just entering more contests. <laughs> like, I'm not even thinking about anything. It's just like, it, it, was, it was an easy week in cash games. And I think if you didn't play this team, you should like evaluate some things. I thought there were, I thought that, so obviously I think that you could have 1v1 Keenan versus CD. I also think you could have one v one Godwin versus Keenan as well. I, I don't think that I don't think that any of th- those those teams were all within a point. And yeah, so you know, so the issue with Godwin was the injury, and I don't want to yeah. like just say, oh yeah yeah yeah, it's you know it, it, new information, so you know we don't want to act on it. But you know there is evidence that players coming off injury that are questionable have x number of of percent off there no it's it's the opposite guys who are guys who are listed as questionable adam harstead has done this study at football guys guys who are listed as questionable and who play do not have a meaningful change in their fantasy points per game really yes it's it's like one thing it's like one differently i mean it's and it's possible i i remember reading this study like three or four years ago so it's possible that because injury reporting is different now than it used to be um guys are guys are listed well guys are listed more often now actually because of the way the rules are probable yeah Yeah. um so so and maybe that distinction would have changed things where guys would have been listed as probable and and like godwin's condition might have been listed as probable before the rules changed or whatever so that's possible i i would not have played godwin in cash but so so the thing i was arguing with cardi about not even arguing just discussing was did either of you consider playing CD over Keenan in your head-to-heads to to improve the sweep equity? Because you know, obviously it correlates with a quarterback everyone played, um, and and you are you know you know CD is going to be way lower owned in your head-to-heads than Keenan, and it's not that CD was a bad play, and it just gives that sweep equity. Well, the the I quick did. the quick answer for me is yes because. I, well, we'll get to what you. Yeah, you're I, I, I went for a whole different thing in some, in in head to heads. Uh, but we played. Uh, we we actually swapped to CD in our pentathlon lineup. So for people that don't know, Derek Van Riper puts on this cool ass event called the pentathlon, where you like you know have spread picks and you have a best ball team. And you have Survivor, um, or we had Survivor before we stuck on Pittsburgh anyway, <clears throat> Davis. Um, but we played, we, we would have lost regardless of who we, all three teams we considered lost. I know, I know tough scene. Anyways, um, we, we played, we played this lineup with CD in that contest. Um, so yes, I think that was a reasonable thing to do basically. Yeah. What about, what about you, Nate? No, I didn't. I mean, the thing about Keenan is like his volume projection in this spot was, was really high. And I thought that CD's projection in general, like CD really took off with Gallup being out. Like there was just a lot more targets to go around. There were a lot more, um, there was a lot more opportunity for him. And with, with Gallup coming back, I actually thought that CD had a lot lower floor than coming in than was. Expected. Well, and, and now we know that's not true because now Dalton Schultz just doesn't exist. I think I feel, I feel pretty confident Dalton Schultz can have like a nine and a half percent target share moving forward. Yeah. But like CD has had two games of double digit targets and right. Keenan, like you expect that. And so it's one right. of those things where in cash, like I didn't, I do like, C- I did have way more CD in tournaments. I don't think I had one Keenan. I didn't have any Keenan tournaments, you know, but in cash games, like I, 
yeah, I don't know. Keenan was just very clearly for me. I didn't even consider it. Obviously, CD smash and it was great, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a higher variance play for sure. Like you yeah. have to understand that you're giving up a floor edge. Uh, but you know, I mean, the thing that the projections will never account for is that Keenan Allen is allergic to touchdowns. He's just the and, like, like with some wide receivers, they get to the two yard line and you're like, Oh dude, my guy, my guy, they're going to give it to him. And and the chargers get to the two yard line and you're like, well, I guess it's Steven Anderson time. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's Larry never- Roundtree is about to, is about to <laughs> <laughs> just, just dunk in the pool right now. And you also, they, they also don't account for the fact that Keenan Allen is a stone lock to come up between one and four yards short of the bonus but in every game every week yeah. every week yeah, yeah. He, he he actually so keenan actually had the bonus like he was awarded a reception incorrectly and so he had like 107 receiving yards and they took it away like it it, it was like a misattributed catch but he had the bonus on DraftKings for like five minutes or something it actually happened to cd too i believe i i think cd it, had it the happened bonus. it happened to both of them yeah, yeah. And, they, and, and, and they called it a rush. Dearness Johnson did the did the uh, Devontae Booker 103 rushing yards, then got a minus four rush and and lost the bonus as well. Yeah, we're we're petitioning DraftKings. Uh, we have crafted a finely worded letter. Um, yeah, it's really it's bonus, really once you get the bonus, you keep the bonus. You do not you do not lose the bonus. Right, the bonus. So we're stays. waiting. We're waiting word from uh from DK support. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Overall though, the Dallas offense, you just rely so much more on efficiency and less on volume because there's games where Dak doesn't need to throw more than 20 sometimes. We almost got, so we many... almost kind of got fucked on Dak with that. They had 38 points in the first half. Like, yeah. Yeah. Dallas and, actually and... played really sharp though. I actually really do appreciate it. I think it was like end of the second half or end of the second quarter. They like, uh, were calling timeouts, forcing a punt, went for get two the ball back. Third. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I actually, that i hate when teams just get up and then like kind of let the foot off the gas so uh so dallas actually played really sharp that's so funny i i had to do some yard work yesterday so during the second quarter i was mowing the lawn and i was listening to the cowboys game on the radio oh my god you are the, such a suburban dickhead no but but seriously that's not even, who are you on a sunday afternoon you're freaking this doing is not even work. this is not even the good part of the story so i'm listening to the cowboys guys on the radio and they are like absolutely hating the Cowboys scoring points. They're like, I cannot believe they, they kept making jokes about the, the, cause you know, the Cowboys had that replacement kicker and they're like, we're not even going to know if he can make any field goals. Cause every time it gets to fourth and short McCarthy just goes for it. Like they're like pissed off about how many points their team is scoring. Like it was just that, so that's bizarre. A good, that's a good way to know that you're playing optimally when all the, the old, the old, the old hag announcers are all um, yeah. ripping on your style. But yeah, I mean, uh dallas just played super efficiently we got really lucky with dak though i mean we can 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 you just picture davis he's outside in his basketball shorts he's like got his long flowing blonde hair and he's you know got the tattoos everywhere and he's got this lawnmower and he's just like listening with his airpods to this game and snickering because i'm literally like literally i'm like laughing out loud about it was i don't they had like a fourth and one on like the 33 or something. And they were just like, I cannot believe they're not kicking the field goal here. And I'm just like, what universe do these guys live in? Like, it's just, it was, it was really bizarre. Yeah, I don't it have was, anything it was, else. It was nice, nice for Dak to beast mode on that, on that rushing touchdown there at the end. Like that was, that was a solid, yeah. like, I, hey, I was know. hoping, I was hoping that when it got to garbage time, that they'd leave Gallup in there with Cooper rush to try, you know, cause he's coming back from injury to like work oh. on his conditioning a little bit, but they, they didn't. The, the um, double, the double stacks would have appreciated that. Yeah. yeah. Well, All let's, right. Let's talk about just, this 
dipshit team that Wait, Sammy one, did. One, one other thing. Did, did any of you guys consider DeAndre Swift in cash? Because I had a build earlier yep. in the week that had Swift. Um, I, there were just too many plays. I, yeah. I, I, was worried, I was worried about the matchup. <laughs> oh, God, Sammy. God, what? Listen to yourself. DeAndre uh, Swift is like... Uh, he got, what, I mean, 33 he got carries in the end or something? 33 carries, six, six targets. He had like 93% of the snaps with... And, and Godwin, Izabuke, and Jamar Jefferson scored 70 yards combined worth of rushing yeah. touchdowns. But, I mean, literally, this, this Swift thing with no Jamal, this usage is insane. I mean, literally a 25% target share with an 85% rushing attempt share. I mean, it's, this is, I don't know. It's unheard of. It, 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 was, an, it was an oversight. Um, yeah. All right, Sammy, talk about this. Talk about this, um, this dipshit head-to-head team you played and why you did this i mean i just i don't even know where to begin with this it is this is one of the worst things i've ever seen (laughs) well boys uh obviously we're talking about the lineup that was just so obvious and you know i i played this lineup a lot but in uh a lot of my heads heads i i decided to go for the sweep and i decided to go off the wall and this is decidedly minus ev and i knew it was but at the same time, I kind of felt uh, a little bit of hubris. I felt a little bit of uh, what Levitan would call IKB, I know better. And I actually didn't feel as confident in this, in this chalk lineup as a lot of people did. I did not feel great about Mark Ingram. Um, I didn't like Mark Ingram. I thought that the Saints with Trevor Simeon and no Mike Thomas and no Alvin Kamara on the road in Tennessee, who has been destroying people, that they had a super low floor. And I was like, yeah, I know Ingram. Did, did you just not think he was going to catch passes or what? I just I just thought he was going to dust. Like, he's dust. I mean, dude, he played, 80, dust. he played 85% of the snaps and got seven targets. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, like, this it's, is it's, just – the, it's, the it's, guy it's, to feel sketchy about – I the guy no to feel idea. sketchy about was Connor, in, in my opinion, because because you know he hadn't had a hundred yard rushing game yet. Like there, Eno could have played passing downs. Rondell Moore could have been, you know, the the nominal third down back. I thought there was like far more reason to feel sketchy about Connor. I just I just hated the Saints. I just thought that the that the scoring environment was bad, and Mark Ingram is bad, and you know, uh, took, took my L there because Mark Ingram, when they were down 20 points or whatever, put one in the zone right in my face. I also didn't love Keenan Allen for the aforementioned reasons. I know he's got a high floor. No, he's a cut. He's a cut Lord. I'm not even, I'm not even going (laughs) to, I'm not even going to criticize you about that. So this is where, this is, this is the, the dumbass head to head. Talk talk, talk about the team, put the team out there. So he played Mason Rudolph, Jonathan Taylor, Dearness Johnson, Devontae Adams, Jerry Judy, A.J. Brown, Dan Arnold, James Conner in the Lions defense. The problem here is you missed the obvious 2v2 if you really wanted to play Jonathan Taylor, which was Jonathan Taylor and Cole Beasley over Keenan Allen and James Conner. Sammy, I, I literally, so 12.05, I open up a couple quick contests. I open up, open up like the, the $25 cash just to look at exposures. I look at a couple of my high-dollar single-entry and then I open up the Gilcast, like our three man. I thought you had like an upload mistake. I was like, oh crap, Sammy uploaded with last week's DK IDs. Like Mason Rudolph, AJ Brown. I'm like, what is this team? It, it's, it's just, it's, it's indefensible, literally indefensible. Sammy. It's indefensible. You know, 
I uh, I really wanted, I really wanted Jonathan Taylor, you guys. <laughs> it's brutal. But you, why didn't you just play him over Keenan and play a cheaper? I mean, even Judy, who you have in this dumb lineup, would have fit in that two v two. I just wanted Jonathan Taylor, you guys, just, and and just, and, and Mason Jonathan Rudolph. Taylor. I was like, you know, so Mason Rudolph was like the second highest point per dollar QB uh, according to the projections I was looking at, and I was like, you know what? The line really didn't change because Roethlisberger was out. Um, you know, like not much change. If if Roethlisberger was 4.1K, he would be the chalk. He would. And I was just like, you know what? Like I'm going to do it and I'm going to smash in AJ. Like this lineup actually would have worked if AJ Brown had a had a pretty good game. Um, it really would have. Or, or if you had played Mark Ingram over James Conner. Yeah, no, for sure. It was, it was a, it was a. At least you didn't, at least you didn't pay up for the cards defense, which is what, which is what some people did. And I'm not even saying it was, it was wrong. It was definitely that. a shit lineup. It was, it was definitely me saying, you know what? Like I, I know what the chalk is and I'm going to do something decidedly minus EV to try to sweep, sweep uh, head to heads. And uh, I deserve to get roasted, man. But you can send invites to me, uh, Whirling Dervish. Uh, I may go Galbrain. And, and there, yeah. and there's a good chance he might do something this. Yeah, season. just just keep sending them, boys. Just keep sending them. Um, every once in a while, it's Christmas. I decide to give out some. Uh, the some the invites have really to... slowed down. We got to have a big losing week to get the invites like, coming in. Yeah, we've been we've zero. been winning way too much, man. This is this is very bad for the show. Um, I had zero invites, and it's just been brutal. Yeah, and nobody nobody can find you. People can find yeah. the whirling dervish, but they can't find Nathan. Nathan, I don't understand Nathan. why people can't find it. Yeah. Um, all right. I mean, I just don't have anything else interesting to say about these cash games. Like, it just was not, just was well, not an interesting week. Um, do you want to talk about some of the other players? Like, obviously, we talked about Swift. Uh, do you want to talk about Stevenson? I mean, I, Stevenson's I, workload was well. Was nuts. That's actually that's actually a good seg. Um, like Stevenson, I thought was the nut pivot off of Ingram or Dearness Johnson. I thought that up until about 11.55 central time. Uh, so I, I got to come clean. I played a lineup in the double spy, a DAC double stack. And I, at 11.55 central time, swapped out Ramondre for Brandon Bolden based off of, based off of uh, New England beat writers reporting that he was the starting running back going oh in, my, Davis. In, in pre-snap warmups. That's why you swapped? Well, it was a it was a compounding of things. So at the same time, you know, Ramondre had not practiced all week. He had not been a practice all week because of the uh, he he was recovering from you know a concussion. And and what ended up happening is actually what I thought in my mind, which is worst case scenario, Bolden is going to have a crack at a touchdown, which he did. He got tackled on the one, and he's going to be the third down back, which he was. Um, not I'm not I'm not defending the play but it did kind of play out how I imagined Ramondre was just, I mean, obviously way more successful, 20 rushes, hundred yards, two rushing touchdowns. I think he had three receptions as well. Um, yeah. Brandon I mean, Bolden is a special teamer. He, and- he, I, as I, as I told you literally two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, well, we played Mike white this week, buddy, but uh, you know, Mike white yeah. is Mike white. So. Yeah, the Stevenson yeah. workload was nuts. It's it's just it was an interesting week because there were so many running backs that were thrust into roles, and I yeah. So every week I pull up like a, an expected point metric, you know, for running backs, and most of the time that uh, correlates very highly with cash game ownership. 
Right. Um, but this week, if you look at the most, the, there were the just too highest, many plays. It was Dalvin Cook, Ramondre Stevenson, DeAndre Swift, Darrell Williams, Antonio Gibson, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, like you didn't get to a cash game running back until Mark, Mark Ingram, who was like eighth or ninth on the list. And it was like, there were so many running backs that got just crazy volume. And I don't know. I mean, CMC was back too, which was, which was a tournament discussion, but um, yeah, I don't know. Jonathan Taylor, Sammy, I, I can't believe what you did. I mean, John, Jonathan Taylor was the fucking nuts. He, he, I mean, he had a hundred and a touchdown in the first half. Like, I don't even know how he didn't get there. I mean, he did get there. He ended up with like 27 or 28, but like, dude, he was, he was headed for an all-timer and they just like stopped doing things and almost lost to Jacksonville. Like JT was a smash. I had him. He had, he had 20, he had 20 in the first half and ended with like 27. Yeah. I mean, I love JT. I had hundred percent JT in tournaments. I'm just not going to go off the freaking clear construction yeah. to get him in in cash. Um, all right, so let's do the GPP teams now. Uh, so I every team I made this week was a DAC double stack. I thought it was so clearly the play. The ownership did not get out of control, right? I mean, DAC was DAC was high owned, but none of Amari Gallup or CD or or Schultz, none of those guys um, got out of control at all. So this team I played in the double spy was DAC, Dearness Johnson, Brandon Bolden, and Jonathan Taylor at running back. Uh, I thought that Dearness was the better tournament play than Mark Ingram. I knew they'd both have insane ownership, but I felt like you probably needed to play one of them just because they were such free points. I love the Ramondre pivot. Um, you know, I played Brandon Bolden. I'm a fucking nitwit. Uh, then I played Chris Godwin at 9%. Uh, when the cards flipped over, I was like really stoked about that. Amari Cooper was 11%. I thought he would be way chalkier. The thing that surprised me was Gallup got a lot of like late steam. He was 10%. I, I thought he would be much more like 5%. Uh, Kyle Pitts as the bring back 14%. Jonathan Taylor at 19%. And then the Eagles defense at 5%. Um, so I felt good about this team. Had Atlanta uh, been competitive at all, um, had, had Ramondre gotten in there instead of Bolden, I would have, I would have felt pretty fucking good but we we live to fight another day i'm in i'm in cash here um but yeah i mean dak doubles did we all play dak doubles as our main team i i assume so yes, yes we yeah. did um what excuse me what what would you have finished do you know i'm sure you've calculated if you had had ramondre in i mean it was a 27 point swing so that would have been you know around 10th or so in this but then um yeah, I mean, had had Godwin done anything? Also, like I, looking at looking at a, a lineup that had Bink potential, which I mean, you always you always feel good about about having something that has, like, just even turning like sometimes you you the the lineups lock and you look at it and you're like, the way this is structured, I actually fucked up and I can't. There's no possible way I can win here. Um, so at least at least turning it over and having something that can. Uh, feels nice yeah at least you turned over Brandon Bolden and nobody owned him and you're like oh I'm I'm live hey 10 10 points from a one percent owned guy in a in a week where every running back doesn't score 30 points sometimes that could be usable it just was not usable this week (laughs) (laughs) even when I even when I play good I play bad is like somehow is somehow how it works yep yep Nate you you played a double too uh, I didn't actually. I, well, not a DAC double as my main team. I did have some DAC doubles in like 
spread throughout. But my main team actually was the Josh Allen was the Josh Allen double. Um, so uh, I thought Josh Allen doubles were were interesting this week for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think Buffalo has disappointed people, and I think people were way too off of Diggs and just Buffalo in general. And I thought in this spot they have. I thought the highest upside on the slate and like single digit ownership across the board. And I thought people who did do uh, Josh Allen doubles would, would mistakenly go to Beasley. Um, and I think Beasley has eaten the last couple of weeks with Dawson Knox out, but with Knox coming back, I think that that meaningfully changed the uh, expectation and the role for Beasley. Similarly, the way that I thought the Gallup would for CD uh, obviously got one of those, right. One of those wrong, but uh in this instance, I went with uh, a Josh Allen double stack with um, with Diggs and Knox, uh, both Diggs Knox coming in at single digit ownership. Josh Allen was uh, was a little bit higher, but then I had uh, Jonathan Taylor, um, uh, and I did go with the Dearness and Mark Ingram chalk because I felt. Good I just about- think that's so fucking bad. I I looked at it. I looked at it a hundred times. I mean, you're talking about like 110 percent cumulative ownership on two spots. But if I, this, this is where cumulative ownership is not a great metric for like lineup duplication and overall, no, I I get cumulative ownership is not a great metric. And I don't know why people do that because if you get, if you have two single digit ownership people, you are, you are fully differentiated from the field. And if your main stack is coming in at single digit ownership, cumulative ownership doesn't matter where if you have a bunch of 20% owned guys who maybe your cumulative ownership is lower, but you're actually not having any leverage on the field in any significant way. It doesn't matter. Lineup leverage matters more than total ownership. And so, yeah, but, but Ramondre Ramondre over Ingram or Dearness gave you massive, massive leverage, but in a single entry tournament where there's, where there's only a couple hundred play, like you have to look at lineup leverage in an overall expectation. And I'm not going to give up three points of expectation when I already have a five plus leverage score in this lineup. Like who, what was it, the, what were the big leverage spots in this lineup? Who'd you have? That was like I under told, 10%. Dawson, Dawson Knox, Stefan Diggs uh, were both single digit ownership. Okay. Um, and then Josh Allen was, was 18. Uh, and then Jonathan Taylor was, was another pivot that I thought was going to be lower owned. And then my, my cheapie was uh, MVS an MVS punt. So I had three guys at 6% ownership. Like, okay, so, so MVS is the actual like leverage in this lineup. No, that's yeah. not, le- that's not leverage. A cheap guy like that isn't leverage. When your stack is single digit, that's the leverage. That's where when Diggs goes off for 33 points, there's less than 5% of the people in the lineup or in the, in the contest who have him. Like that's hey, the or, leverage. Or, or, we might not be defining leverage in the, in the, I just, I just think dear, I just think dearness and, and Ingram together was such a pop, like, you know, like literally probably 30, 40% of entries were like combining those guys together. Like, I just think it's, yeah, I I played zero lineups with those two in them. (laughs) Yeah. I just think it, and not because not only that, you're also, you're also losing, you know, we were talking about this being such a great running back week. You're also losing that leverage of like, because those guys were so popular plays like Swift and JT and CMC, you know, those guys were way lower owned than they would be on a normal week, a normal week, Jonathan Taylor home against the Jags, like 35% ownership and said he was down at like 20 because those guys were eating up so much. I, I get it from, I get what you're saying, which is that you're giving up so many points because those guys were like 
if, if you were to exclude one or both of those guys from optimals, you'd be giving up like five points, six points. Like you're, yeah, you're giving you, up. But a- you need to get it through your skull that like things don't happen in the median way all the time. In fact, and- a lot of the times they don't. So you need to like court that kind of volatility. You need to court some negative EV um, to, to have shots at first place. Like that's the whole thing. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll, I mean, I use different metrics to, to evaluate GPP lineups. I use one of them is a Gini coefficient that I look at the, it's like, it's trying to score barbell ownership. So how many players do you have that are, that are high owned and low owned? And it's okay to have barbell type ownership versus a bunch of guys at 20%. No, I, I, I agree with you in theory ownership four single digit ownership and uh, digs and the digs Knox Allen stack was one of the, one of the highest leverage spots on the, on the day. Um, and so overall cumulative ownership is one metric, but if that's the way that you build your GPP lineups in general, I think you're missing out on I, so, ac- so actual understanding of tournaments. Nate, what we have here is we have the, the Jedi bell curve meme. And you're, you're the guy in the middle right now. You're the guy in the middle being like, no, you don't understand. It's actually fine to do this. And then the, me and the Sammy, Gini, the Gini coefficient and me and Sammy on the left are going, don't play the two highest zone guys together. Like that's like, that's literally like, we are, we are a living embodiment of the Jedi bell curve meme right now. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, we can get into this. I, I think GPPs are interesting because you can talk about this till you're blue in the face. And some people might say you have hard and fast rules. You never play this. And other people might say, well, it depends on your overall construction. If you have four single I, I'm guys. not even, I'm not even saying hard and fast. I would never play the two most owned running backs. I would never play the two most chalk owned guys or whatever. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm saying in this specific instance, I mean, I was expecting those guys to be combined on like, 30% of rosters, which is just like, you can dead the field so fast. If you eliminate, like if Mark Ingram had got nine here, like you are just, you're deading so many people by not playing him. Dearness, I thought was like unfadeable. I played him in, on all my teams, like, cause I just thought he was going to get so many touches, which he did. Uh, he didn't, he, he didn't score and didn't get the bonus and got like 23. So yeah, I just think if you're trying to if you if you're trying to leverage every single spot in your lineup and not and I'm not I'm not ownership, trying to leverage every single spot. I'm literally trying to 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 just like it, like paint by numbers, which is just don't play the two highest owned guys together. There's I have four single digit ownership guys like that that, that you're. I'm not even saying your lineup was bad. I'm just saying as like the the a priori, I'm not playing these two guys together. Yeah, Nate, and I think I Nate, understand that, but yeah. Yeah, you're you're this the it was fish. It was fish. It wasn't it wasn't fish. I just don't think it was good, I guess. It's fish. I think yeah. if you go what? a DAC stack where all of your wide receivers are 25% oh. owned, then you can't play yeah, those guys. That's fair. But if you have a leverage stack and you and you know that the I probably would have I probably would have wanted to go even more leverage with those two guys together, like Colts, like Jack, Jack Doyle and Michael Pittman with Wentz or something. Like I would have wanted to get real weird i, think I, I like the mvs together the mvs play was good yeah Very. leverage on adams yeah man how fucking bad was that game i mean oh my so god so brutal. Oh, that was so it was brutal. like unwatchable i was like i need to go do more yard work i don't want to be exposed to this this is terrible it was it was real bad it was really uh bad. 
All right, Sammy. Because MVS got a 41-yard catch, like, on the first drive of the game, and I'm like, this yep. is going to be it. I'm going to get it from my min price. No. No, the, the, the tough part about MVS is that he never actually gets there. That's I've, I've wasted so many tournament dollars on MVS. I'm just, like, hoping to get even one day, but it'll never happen. Um, let's see. I played in this one. I played a Dax double. So I went Dak, Lamb, and Cooper and brought it back with Pitts. So obviously this took so a lot. I of- actually think that's a really low comp. Like I bet most people who did the Dak double did one of Lamb or Cooper and then one of Gallup or Schultz. I bet those two guys together was actually pretty low. Yeah, I, I think that's probably right. Um, yeah, it, it, because it, it, it takes a lot of salary, right? With Pitts and those two guys and Dak. Um, and then I also played... I uh, brought it back with Pitts. I also played Christian McCaffrey in this lineup. So I had a couple different iterations of this lineup. I played it with Jonathan Taylor elsewhere. Um, and I did play Dearness for kind of the same reasons that you were talking about, Davis. I just thought Dearness was the best of the low he was price the best. running backs. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I had zero Ingram anywhere. Um, I just, I, I was just, I was just on team like Ingram's going to be bad chalk. And he wasn't. Um, but I didn't play Ingram in this lineup. So with that, I needed some low price guys. I did not do. Yeah, MVS. I'm. I'm very curious to see how this lineup finished out. Yeah, uh, James Washington. You're touchdown. feeling good. You're touchdown feeling good. James. Yep, touchdown, James. Right away. Oh, buddy, when when Mason hit Washington for the first touchdown of the game, like I was just like, oh, I'm gonna be so rich. Like this. And was JT amazing. started off with like a forty, a forty yard run right off. Yeah, the crushed. It was all. It was all so great. Um. And then the other low price guy I played was Tyler Johnson. So obviously with Godwin coming back in, I thought that it was a situation where obviously Johnson would have been a lot more chalky if Godwin didn't play. And I built this lineup before Godwin was in, I was kind of assuming he'd be out. And then when he was in, I was like, okay, well, you know what? The ownership's still going to be off of him. And this is still a really great spot against uh, Washington. Um, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it. I think the kids got upside. He did not that great. Yeah. Three for 17. That sucked. And then I finished it out. I actually paid up for defense and I played the Steelers DST. Um, at one How point, expensive were they? They were 4.1. Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. They were four. <laughs> they were 4.1, my friend. Uh, and they what were one is point, this? They were Sammy one says, this is where I'm going to get different. What? Yeah. I, I maybe I just don't understand GPPs the way you guys. I I can't imagine playing some of those guys. Like, well, I Sammy don't. just Sammy just he went he went he 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 you, went gal. You're a hand dude. builder. This has to be a hand like. I I hand build I hand build my tournament teams, yeah, but I, I have I, 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 I have I have, build, I yeah. have projections and ownership up with them. Yeah, same same. We I don't I don't build my own uh my own model and. uh he doesn't have a genie coefficient to give him the nuts. <laughs> right. No genie coefficients guiding my every decision. Um, well, it's not this, like I optimize based on it's. It's just. Anyway, this this lineup did put up a hundred and sixty. No, hundred and forty something. It min cashed. Yeah, because CD. I mean, if you had CD and Dak, you're you're pretty much cashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and McCaffrey. I just thought McCaffrey was like. Well, well, what did he end up being owned? Because I didn't end up playing him. I played Jonathan Taylor instead. But Eight, I mean, the 8.3. And he oh, could have, he could have absolutely dusted the slate because what Cam scores one rushing touchdown, 
throws another touchdown to like the three yard to Robbie Anderson. And I, I believe what he ended up like five yards short of the bonus in the end. Yeah. Yeah. He had 95 yeah. rushing yards. He had no touchdowns. He had 10 receptions. Yeah. He, um, he could have had 40 here. Pretty, pretty easy. Yeah. I yeah. actually thought it was, it, it was a tough call. That's why I played this lineup with JT elsewhere. It was a tough call who was better, but at the end of the day, you're getting Christian McCaffrey off the injury report um, at low ownership at a low price. He was how how tilted were you watching Amir Abdullah score a rushing touchdown or not Amir, uh, Ch- uh, Chuba Hubbard scores a rushing touchdown on a play that the Cardinals fucked up so bad. Chuba thought the play was dead when he was in the end zone. He was like, does, does this count? Am, yeah. am I like scoring right now? Yeah. Didn't love it. Didn't love it. Yeah. There, um, the distribution of touches here was was odd. Chuba and Adula combined outrushed McCaffrey, which is well. McCaffrey, bizarre. McCaffrey actually went to the tent once or twice. Um, I, so I think he, just once, but he did. Yeah, yeah. And so it was a little bit weird. Like even though he wasn't technically on the injury report, it they still he's still not bad. Like his body is not right. So, um, and I also don't know if we're ever going to see like old school Christian McCaffrey like 100 percent of the snap type thing again. Um, yeah, from him, he just keeps getting but, banged up. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, yeah, nobody. And, you know, I mean, Pete, no, no, I, nobody is able to handle that. We used to think Derrick Henry was the guy. Uh, I think NFL teams are actually just getting smarter about that, and we're going to have to adjust. Like, we're not going to get that old school usage that we used to get. But guys like Jonathan Taylor, I think, or Christian McCaffrey. I mean, those guys still have just immense upside. Anytime you can get those guys at single digit ownership, I think they're great plays. I went with Jonathan Taylor over CMC and almost all my teams, but I, I see the value there. I, I thought the other the other team obviously it was because I was sweating it but the bills the bills thing was so tilting because Josh Allen I mean should have had four four touchdowns here and I mean they had what four rushing touchdowns uh, from Matt Matt Breida freaking Matt Breida I mean it was like Breida actually looked good which is uh, R.I.P. those uh, Devin Singletary Zach Moss seasonal teams but uh, yeah well, they, Breida they actually, both they both scored too mate. I know, but uh, I think Breed is going to actually be like it's going to be a three-headed backfield moving forward. I think. Yeah, it, it might. my 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 best my highest scoring lineup was a Josh Allen double also with with no bring back and uh, I used Sanders in that lineup which hurt but yeah Josh Allen doubles or just Josh Allen lineups with Diggs were were pretty nutty. Yeah, Diggs is Got, Diggs guys. Is next goal. week the Chiefs and the Cowboys play. So remember the Rams and Chiefs a couple years ago on Monday night where they put that, up like- that that game that game totally came through. I like do kind of have a feeling this game might not come through. Like I was, was going to ask, does it meet expectations? Mahomes coming I, off four hundred and five. So I think that so the first thing is that the Chiefs are going to get Ch back. Yeah, so so, he, so they're they're a stone lock to score under twenty, and and. Dallas will probably just want to run a ton. You know, I mean, they, they started out the Falcons game running a ton. Like they, you know, Zeke, Zeke had two rushing touchdowns. Dak has a rushing touchdown and, and the prices are all really good though. Tyreek is 82, you know, instead of 9,000 CD is 76. Amari is four is 6.2. Gallup is 4.2. Kelsey is, is seven one. Um, but yeah, and 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 Dak is only priced at seventy two hundred. I, I think he'll probably be the cash game quarterback again next week. Yeah, I, I, uh, I wish it, I wish it was in the dome. You know, a, AJ Dillon six point two could okay, be. So could, he'll he'll be he'll yeah, be a lot of us. Yeah. Um, let's see who else here is interesting at uh, at running back. Oh, 
This is actually pretty interesting. So Donta Foreman led the Titans in rushing and actually had three targets in the passing game, but the Titans played the Houston Texans at home. Mother of God. Yeah. How much, so how they, much, I mean, is, they, how much is Foreman? Because, I mean, they're definitely splitting work. I think Peterson got, what, 10 carries? I mean, all and three so did McNichols. Yeah, McNichols. all I mean, three of the running backs play played. any of those guys. Oh, I'll you probably play, play Foreman in tournaments. No, Foreman, I mean, it was literally a three-headed – I mean, yeah, Adrian Peterson and Jeremy McNichols combined for 12, 12 rushing attempts with like four targets. You can't play a guy who's missing out on that. Davis, aren't, aren't you worried about uh, them taking the shackles off Adrian Peterson now that he's back in shape and, and finally? See, I, I think it's going to go the other way. I think as long as Foreman continues to play better, like I think Peterson will just dust off. I mean, maybe I'll if be If anything, wrong. I'm more worried about McNichols. Like when, if McNichols wasn't there, then I would say Foreman is very Well, clear. McNichols went from a 54% snap share back to a, a 30% snap share, like back to basically what he was doing with, with Henry. Yeah, I just, I don't know, McNichols' talent. I think he's... he's Miles Gaskin, $5,700 against the, the New York Jets. Mm. Dude, he's getting, all, he's getting all the touches for them. All, all of them. They're, they are not doing the Savan Ahmed thing, really. Mm. Um, McCaffrey's up to $8,900. Uh, DeAndre Swift is only 7000 against the Cleveland Browns. Lock. If, if, yeah. if Williams is out again, it's a lock. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Uh, we got Eli Mitchell at 5,800 against Jacksonville. I guess we'll learn more about no, what they if... plan on doing with Jeff, Jeff Wilson Jr. tonight. I mean, Eli, Eli they just keeps getting all the touches, dude. He just keeps no, getting I'm all not, the touches. I'm not. You can't trust that backfield. It, it, I mean, one week it's this, one week it's that. I, oh, that is not, that is not true. What, what you are saying is straight up not true. Eli Mitchell has been the dude every game he's been healthy. Yeah. Yeah, they, they like Eli, bro. Like, Eli's, Eli's a play. Yeah. It, you, what, what you are saying is, like, b- bad fantasy football tout analysis. Like, it, no, Eli it's gets not. all the rushing. Hasty literally has matched him in target share for, like – Well, he's, he's got a high ankle sprain again. Yeah, ha- Hasty is dusty, bro. Yeah, Hasty's out. Oh. It doesn't, well. it doesn't, mean, it doesn't mean he's going to be out next week, but he's already out for this game. So, we, we got to – I mean, Jeff Wilson Jr. was active in the last game and did not record a snap it was it was just all eli against the cardinals yeah in week nine hasty had four targets in week eight hasty had mitchell didn't get a target where hasty like so if hasty is out obviously it would change things well the thesis behind the play is that they're playing jacksonville and eli's going to get 18 carries and 100 yards again he's damian harris except he got five catches last week well that was the yeah that was I, i know hasty was in and out and you know et cetera et cetera uh, it will be interesting. I think CEH probably is back. Um, yeah. And it'll but, be interesting to see how he projects because Daryl has just been fucking cucking him. Yeah, dude. I mean, Daryl, Randy Moss, like yesterday, 100 receiving yards, like had the Moss in the end zone. Uh, Daryl is 5.4 and CEH is 5.2. I think that's really interesting. Wait, who's 4.2? Uh, CEH is 5.2. No, yeah. Sammy, don't. You can't play CEH would be, I mean, I don't know, dude, I don't know. I, I'm not doing it, dude. Certainly, certainly not a cash play. Certainly not a cash play. Like not Durrell even. Durrell looks even. so much like there's no way they're not going to continue to go to Durrell. Like Durrell is so good. He's so much. Better I mean, he's than- not a good, he's not dynamic at all. Like he doesn't gain any extra yards or anything, but he just, he, he is Daryl is the classic 
You need three. You need three yards. He got you three. You need yeah. five yards. He got you three. He just like, doesn't screw anything up. They throw on the ball. He catches it. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And Ceh literally is just consistent underperforming. Like yeah, he just always fucks it up. Yeah. God. Um. So if Kyler is back next week, James Conner is sixty one hundred, and all the Cardinals are free. Hopkins is sixty five hundred. Kirk is fifty seven hundred. AJ Green is forty six. Rondell's four point two. Um, and, or I guess Ertz is priced up. I mean, priced up he's, he's 4.8, but that, that is a pretty interesting spot because Seattle's defense is terrible. It, it's it just is spread so far. That so far spread so far. Like you have no idea what to do with those touches because I mean, you just got Hopkins is just not more than like Hopkins. Is well, not you just got to hit the guy who scores two touchdowns because, because I mean, a bunch of them have done that this year, right? Kirk's had a big game. AJ Green's had a big game. Hopkins has had two, two touchdown games. I think Rondell well, yeah. had the game against the Vikings. I Ertz mean, had I, the think, game. I think Kirk turns into the chalk. We'll see if Hopkins can play. Cause he was like, apparently the furthest away from playing this week. From playing. Yeah. Yeah. If he doesn't go next week and Kyler's back in, I think Kirk is just like, at 5.7 going to be kind of a kind of a cash lock yeah um all right that should uh that should wrap it up for us here we'll be we'll be back next week i mean hopefully we'll be able to generate some good content for you guys um you know we're doing we're doing the best we can and the in the constraints that we're given i make, but... I make Al brain again for you guys sending me invites just to just to keep the just to keep it fresh you know it's just not it's just not been a good year for the show like there no, really has really not been hasn't. that much tilt and now that now that mike davis is getting out snapped and out carried by wayne gallman it's like that bit's dead we can't like nate's not even ever gonna play mike davis again so tough too much winning it's just a bummer luckily sammy i don't know what got into you but hopefully that can happen next week too yeah all right everyone we're wrapping it up we'll uh we'll be back next week